Spread love. Doom, doom, doom. Spread love. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to POV with Kristen Gilmore, where I interview interesting people that you and I are getting to know together. This podcast was created to enlighten, enrich, and inform. The basis is to spread love and extend God's grace to yourself and others. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of POV with Kristen Gilmore. I am beyond thrilled to have you join me today because I have one of God's greatest with me. This beautiful soul is one of my first comeback. And what I mean by that is, if you go back in time to some of my previous uh, interviewees, you'll find her. You'll find her with vulnerability, with truth and love with the givings that all of us could walk away with better people through her own life's experiences. And it was by God's time and in his grace that we get to do this again. And I'm so happy. Coach Toots, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me, beautiful. How are you? Today I'm good. And I'm learning to take it one day at a time. How you feeling? I'm doing well. I'm doing great. Had a morning workout. Meditated, feeling amazing. Let's talk about these morning workouts because <laughs> I don't, y'all don't know this, but, or you may, uh, Coach Tudes is all about health and fitness. I have seen this woman's body transform. We've all seen it if you follow her on Facebook and IG, seen her body transform into something fantastic. And she's taken a lot of us on the journey with her, myself included. It's been an amazing journey watching the dominoes. Right. And so tell me, what motivated you to get into fitness the way you are? So for me, fitness, health, I should say, has always been something that was intriguing for me Um, from a very young age. I I don't know. I just had a fear of just being unhealthy. Right. But back then it was a fear of being fat because I didn't understand. You know, I was a kid. I was a teenager. I didn't understand that, you know, being skinny does not mean you're healthy. and Being fat does not mean you're unhealthy. So there was just almost this unhealthy obsession at that time to just be skinny. And so over the years, you know, having children and just, you know, maturing as a woman, I've done my research and it got me to a point where I was dealing with depression and I understood that it was either I was going to have to go on medication or I was going to have to do the natural route, which was through nutrition and fitness. And so I opted to go that route and it literally became a journey of self-discovery, self-love and healing that is still ongoing. Um, And so it has inspired other people to do the same thing. So I just kind of fell in love with it because of how it made me feel, how it's helped others. And so that's where my journey started. It started with depression, but it's, you know, turned into something that has helped a lot of people in our community, you know, take stock in their health. That's fantastic that you took something that was not beneficial and you decided to do the work and change it and bring other people along with you. So when you say it started with depression, do you know where that was centered from? Oh, absolutely. Um, It's just been a, a lifetime of traumas, you know, ongoing traumas. And at that point, I wasn't equipped with the knowledge of 
um, of needing to address certain things. And it seemed like just, it was just a series of events that would transpire through every stage of my life. I, as far back as I can remember, three years old, like seriously having memories from back then, I, I remember the verbal abuse, the physical abuse, you know, the sexual abuse, all those things. But I came up in a time where the understanding was that was just the norm for everyone. Like this was just life. And um, my parents, you know, I'm from Jamaica. And so coming up with Caribbean parents, you know, or if you have parents that are from the South, it's very similar. There's just a certain way that they view life and parenting and um, their definition of protection. And, you know, they just do, did things very different than how we do things now, right? We have so much more knowledge now, but all those things I had carried with me for such a long time. And so when, um, my husband and I started having children and, you know, life just was happening. It was almost like a, a really bad zit. You know, you ever had one of those where you're like, oh, my gosh, it hurts so badly. I wish it would just pop. It was like the pressure was on. It was just building. And that was what the depression was like. After I had um, my last child, um, four pregnancies later, it was just like, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to either either hurt someone or hurt myself or self-destruct. Like, it was really bad. So I saw the signs and I was just like, I, I can't leave my kids with this kind of legacy of their mom. Like, I can't leave them with this kind of pain. And that was like one of the biggest driving forces for me. Like, I just, I didn't want to give them what I had carried for so long. So, yeah, that was, that was where it started. That's how I identified it because I knew something was wrong. You know, the more exposure you get to people in different relationships and, and the more you travel and things like that, you get to understand that maybe the way you were brought up wasn't the only way. And maybe there were some things that weren't OK. And, you know, that journey takes you to a place where you start to self-discover and, and reparent, like I had stated before. So that's been my journey um, through health and fitness. Um, it's what started it and it's what's kept it. And every time that I feel like I'm at a place where maybe I feel like I'm plateauing, I always go back to that. Like, why did I start? I started because I wanted to heal myself basically mentally, physically, and emotionally. I was tired of carrying the trauma. Wow. Huh. What would you say has been the best lesson in the start for you the best lesson the absolute best lesson i would say is that it has to be for you um i like to equate it to the the stomach the core right everybody like if you work out you're going to have different days where you work certain things, right? Different parts, you do your arms, you do your, your legs, you know, you do your glutes, different parts of your body. For me, though, the core is something that I always stress and I always work out in every session, whether it's through breathing, because it's just the one thing that I feel can never be compromised. It always has to be strong. It has to have, you have to have a strong foundation and that is your core. So, um, I equate that to my why when I started. It's I am my core. It's me. 
And when I remember that, when I am strong, I'm able to be strong for other people around me. But if I'm not constantly working on me and pouring into me, I am of no use to anyone else. So I always go back to that point. My why is always me, especially in this age with social media. Um, I, I look sometimes and I see, you know, people get on there and some people are really there to motivate and inspire and, you know, and to encourage and they're seeking encouragement as well. But then other people have taken it and made it sort of like a competition in, in, in a way to kind of like strip away of the culture of just, you know, everyone should just be fit and healthy and, and enjoy that. And so I see that side of it and I remind myself to never get caught up in the hype, to remain humble in that it doesn't matter how fit you get. It doesn't matter what goals you get to on this fitness journey. Always remember like you were that person in the beginning. You remember your why you started because you were that person in the beginning and you were seeking, um, seeking support and you were seeking um, accountability and those things. I always take myself back to that. So it keeps me humble because I never want to get caught up in what I see is like this new like social media hype. I don't want to do that. I want to inspire and encourage from a place of we can all do this and no one's competing. My body isn't better than yours and your body isn't better than mine. Love your body at every single stage. And I, I try to really showcase that through my social media. And that's aside from keeping myself accountable. That was one of the reasons why I decided to document it on social media. I wanted people to see that, listen, I didn't even realize I was as big as I was, but I loved myself nonetheless. And I was willing to do the work to bring myself to a place where, oh, this is what I want for myself. Or, you know, I want to tone myself this way. All of those things um, keep me grounded and bring me back to that key point of I started because of me. Yeah. Yeah. When you were at your, um, when at what weight, because numbers, they don't matter, but they kind of do. Um, at what weight did you say, or pant size, did you say, okay, or was it even that? It couldn't have been, it could have not been that. It could have been a conversation or a heart moment, or I don't know, uh, that last sip of alcohol where you were like in the corner by yourself. What was the moment in your body when you said enough and it started the change or the shift? So for me, it was, it wasn't alcohol. It was actually sugar. Sugar's my thing. Like I, I wasn't someone who would eat a lot of food, but when I ate, it was always dense, sugary stuff. Like I'm talking about, I will eat a whole thing of ice cream in one sitting and I'm talking about a gallon by myself. Like I had no shame with it. Wow. Yeah. Like if, yeah. when I get in that sugar zone, I can eat it all up. Like the kids are like, what happened to the rest of the cake? <laughs> mommy <laughs> so um for me I was at a place after I had my last son where it wasn't so much what my body looked like to be honest with you it wasn't the scale I mean those were things that I used to document my journey but it was really truly how I felt within myself like I could feel my body literally saying to me like this is killing us like this, this, like we have to do something. We cannot continue this way. And so I recognized that when I started working out, there was that bit of relief, whether it was being able to step outside of the home for a little bit and just kind of 
you know, get on the elliptical at the gym or the Y or whatever the case may be, that moment away just really helped me to kind of center myself. And I needed that. I didn't know that I needed it at the time, but I did need it. And so those, it was really just like how I felt. I, and I remember saying to my husband, this was a really big thing. I said, I don't feel sexy. Like I, I, like I didn't feel that. When that was gone, I knew something was off. That's that, that, you know, as a woman, there is a, it, it's hard to describe, but I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Just where you feel so strong and confident and feminine and just, it doesn't even matter what you have on. It just, you feel good within yourself and you feel strong and you feel seen and, you know, all those things. I had not felt that in such a long time. And it didn't matter how much he loved on me, no matter how beautiful he told me I was. It didn't matter how many times he brought me flowers. It did not matter. I didn't feel it and I didn't see it. So that was really what got me to the place where I was just like, no, I have to do something. I have to do something. And I had seen Herbalife for years, but I was just like, man, listen, nutrition is my issue. Let me see. Because, you know, everyone's like, if you're like me, it was just like, I don't do shakes. I don't do that kind of stuff. It seemed like a gimmick for me. And I was not interested. But I had really gotten to that point where I was just like, you know what? What do I have to lose? <laughs> like, seriously, I, I can't feel any worse than I already feel. So for me, it started from a place of I don't feel well. And I don't feel sexy and I have to do something about it because if I continue in this space, like my marriage is going to suffer. My kids are going to suffer. My mental health is going to continue to suffer. And I just can't, I can't bank on that anymore. So it's all connected. Yeah, absolutely. It's it is all absolutely connected. And, and I'm so go sorry. Ahead. No, go ahead. And when you said that, that's a great point because when I talk about the domino effect, me making that decision to sit in what I was feeling and address those feelings turned into my husband taking time to take care of his health, my children doing the same thing. Like I see the pictures. I didn't realize that like one of my, my sons had gained so much weight. And now 13 years old, he gets up at like five in the morning sometimes to work out, you know, like, because I took that moment to say, you know what, I'm going to choose me. I have to choose me at this point, And I have to care for myself in the way that my body's asking me to care for it. And with making that, that one decision, that domino effect has rippled to my family. When other kids see my kids, that they're encouraged to do the same thing. Other women see me, they do the same thing. Other men see my husband and it's just created like this domino effect. So I just wanted to highlight that point of it starts with you. And that's why I always go back to it started with me. That's why I started doing this. You know, I'm so glad you addressed that because my question, my next question was in your transformation, when did you see or notice a change in your children slash husband? And you went (laughs) right there. Yeah, Yeah, it it absolutely became a family um, affair because, and I always tell people this, it's so funny. My husband was, he was anti-shakes, like seriously. Oh no, I don't do shakes. It's so disgusting. Uh, My kids, same thing. Now, you know, the little ones, they get up in the morning, oh, can I have a shake for breakfast? You know, they're just so conscious. You hear the four-year-old, you know, walk to the refrigerator. Oh, I need to get water because water's healthy. You know, it's because he's accustomed to being exposed to those things. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that we are like, 
vegans over here and all we eat is salad and we do well. No, but we're very conscious of what we're putting into our body. We're very conscious of, you know, making sure we move every day. Um, it doesn't matter how many hours my husband's work. He's always outside playing basketball with the kids or doing something like that. So going back to, yeah, it starts with you because everybody's going to say no, 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 because those are their words. But your actions have the power to change their words. And I've seen it time and time again. I agree with you. How do you shift your relationship with food? Because like you're talking about like Herbalife and the shakes and how you were never really into it. It wasn't your thing. What happened? Was it a mental shift? Was it just like, I'm just going to jump in here fully and see what happens or I'm going to give it a try? Like, help. help it, was, it was definitely a mental shift because when you get to the point where you just absolutely hate the way you feel, like it's just like this constant feeling of disgust and nausea. Like that's where I was. I was just like, like seriously, what do I have to lose? I'm going to allow the flavor of a shake to stop with me from getting to a place where I feel better about myself. Thankfully, because I'm not going to lie, I'm all about flavor. The shakes taste good. <laughs> I may have had to take maybe a different route because I have tried other products, but I was thankful that it was something that I enjoyed. And through seeing me enjoy it, and because I knew that I knew I had to shift my relationship with food because when I was depressed, it was Dunkin' Donuts. It was, I was living off of, um, a lot of people don't even know, they have extra large coffees at Dunkin' Donuts. I was having that and then going back and having a large later on that day. And, you know, in between that, there were cakes and cupcakes and warm coffee cake muffins. There were all those things. And just every time the emotions would spike, my brain was like, go get the sugar. It'll make us feel better. It was almost like a, a cigarette break. Go, go get the cookies. Go get the Halloween candy. And so I just got to a point where it was just like, it was almost like I was dealing with my children. No, you can't have it because it's not good for you. That's it. Like I just had to truly discipline myself. Even in the moments when I wanted to say, oh, you know, it's a birthday party. We're creating memories and you're not having cake. And then I thought about it. I'm like, but I want to be here for the long haul. Me not having cake here doesn't make it less of a memory. You know, the point is that I'm here, you know, and I, I often associated food with celebration and, and, and feelings and things of that nature. And I had to just really disassociate from that. There are times when I do slip back into that mode. Don't get me wrong. But I'm really intentional with what I'm putting into my body to the point where if I'm eating too much sugar, my body will let me know. Like, don't you dare. We're not doing that anymore. We've had enough, you know? And so another thing that helped me a lot was something as simple as water. I committed to drinking more water. That sounds so simple, but a lot of people struggle with that. And just in drinking water and committing to having, even if it's just 64 ounces a day, I saw how that shifted my nutrition. So I really just got to a place where I was just like, you know what? You have to do it. There is no choice. When you have no choice, what do you do? You just do what's necessary. And I felt like that was the point where I was in my journey. Hmm. So when did you realize that um, your discipline started to increase? Or when did you realize the importance of discipline? Because, I mean, in order to be able to say, no, we're not going to do this. No, food isn't going to be attached to a memory of a birthday. I don't have to have this cake. You know, when when did you notice that your discipline had started to increase? It started in 21 days, like that first 21 days that I committed to. Okay. Because the thing is, 
like when you when you get Herbalife, like the shakes, they typically last for about three weeks, right? So it, you get a, the shakes and the teas, and you get to the you get to a point where you get to understand how your body feels within that time period, whether you're gonna like it or you're just like, no, this is not for me. And so during that time period, it was so simple because remember, I had a newborn. I had a newborn and I had four other children who, you know, everybody was going to school at that point, daycare and a new baby who I was breastfeeding. So for me, being able to get up and just make a shake and and, and feel full and be fine and not crave sweets and all of that other stuff. I had to remind myself to eat. That that's how it was initially. And then the biggest thing for me was not having the Dunkin' Donuts coffee because you don't realize how much sugar and how many calories are really in those things. Like the cream, the sugar, the flavoring, all of that is so much. And you don't recognize that you're putting like thousands of calories into your body before lunch because you're having this donut or this muffin and this coffee that's filled with cream and sugar, right? So being able to now drink the tea, which was, you know, natural and my metabolism started speeding up and just, you know, you start doing little things. I think when people get into fitness, they're often thinking they have to conquer everything in one day. And then when they can't, you know, and they don't, they get discouraged. I was very patient with myself. And I think that patience, that patience helped to develop um, consistency. And that helped to really drive me. And that helped to build, you know, my commitment and it became like an inspiration, like a personal inspiration. Honestly, it became like a personal inspiration. And then it just, as I committed to it every single day, at first it was, I had to think about it, but we all know how habits are developed. And so after a while, it was just like, wait, I didn't get a workout today. No, I have to go work out or, oh my goodness. It's, you know, it's, it's going on nine o'clock. I haven't had breakfast because your, your mind body have been trained during that time period to expect those things. So essentially you're changing your expectations. You're opening yourself to new ones and then you're changing them. And that's what I had to do when it came on to my nutrition. And so that's why the Urban Life was super helpful. You know, Urban Life is not the um, end all be all. Everybody has different ways, but that's what really worked for me because everyone doesn't have the time to get up and make breakfast like they'd like to every morning. There are times when I do meal prep and that was like another stage of my fitness that, you know, I started looking at food differently in the sense that this was like a, this was a self-care ritual, like feeding my body and the things that I was putting into it and how they made her feel like that was the thought process behind it. And so with that thought process, it connected to back to how I felt when I put those things in my body. And so that made the nutrition piece a lot easier. What would you say to the people who say this is a financial commitment that, you know, what would you say? Because this is the thing. We all know that fruit costs more, like fresh fruit costs more than canned fruit. We know that um, vegetables can be a little more expensive sometimes than, mm-hmm. um, you know, than sometimes even fast food. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you say about that shift when it comes to investing in your choices or your body or your future? Cause it has to, it does matter. You know, the stuff ain't free. Like what, what, what's your, what has been your position, your stance? How are you able to navigate that for yourself and then help others see that they have choices and what benefits come from either one? So 
a huge thing for me has always been, um, I keep in my mind that, yeah, it is expensive, but if we're really being honest with ourselves, if we want it, we'll do what's necessary to get it. And that's on every level. People might say, oh, that's not true because it's, no, no, no. If you want it, seriously, there's always a will. And because there's always a will, there's always going to be a way. Now, um, it is a financial investment, but so is cancer. (laughs) I mean, so is diabetes. But the cost of that is astronomical. Having to live with that is, that's a whole different kind of beast. So for me, I'm thinking, when I talk to my clients, first of all, yeah, Herbalife, let's say, okay, let's just say it's $100, right? You're going to spend that $100, whether it is on your coffees that you're buying that you don't even realize how much that adds up to in a month, every morning before work. Um, it, whatever you're buying when you're outside, the fast food, all that other stuff, that stuff adds up. You're paying for convenience. The difference with for me with the herbal life is I am paying for convenience, but it's nutritional and it's feeding me and it's it's feeding my body, therefore feeding my mind and feeding my spirit. And so for me, that's an investment that's worth it. You're gonna invest either way. You're either gonna invest in living or you're gonna invest in dying. And that's how I look at it. And it's so funny because right around the time when I really started to truly in um submerge myself in my journey, there was um, a, a lady that I knew um, that was, I think she was like maybe, she's maybe like two years older than I am or three years older than me. And we were pregnant at the same time and she had cancer. And I'm like, wait, what? 30 something. She, she had breast cancer, like no family history. There was no indicators and boom, pregnant with cancer. I'm just like, oh my gosh. You know, and then watching her go through her journey, I was just like, Wait, do I want to wait till the doctor tells me that the, the very things that I know that I should be doing now, I don't have a choice in doing them because it's a matter of, well, do you want to survive? Do you want to see your kids live? I didn't want to be in that position. Not saying that that was her. Like, I feel like we have to see situations and grow from them. We don't necessarily have to experience them for ourselves. And so when I saw her going through that, it made me just really, you know, she she was really good about it her eating and, you know, her nutrition and what she was putting in her body, on her body. And that inspired me to do the same thing because I didn't want to get to a point where it just wasn't a choice. So for me, when I hear people say it's expensive, I'm like, life is expensive, but you have to pick, you know, what part of that expense you want to really, where do you want to place your money? I want to place it in my health and fitness so I can enjoy this journey longer so that I can really you know, embrace the moments that I have with my children and those around me that I love and appreciate and respect. I want that. Everyone doesn't think that that's important. That's fine. But for me, that's a huge driving force to Mm -hmm. sticking to it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's about quality of life. Well, absolutely. Because it doesn't matter how much money you have. The richest people will tell you, you can't buy good health. There is nothing you can do. So when I hear people say it's expensive, I'm like, how? How? But you will find that there are people who will say that it's expensive, but still go and take out a loan in order to do surgery on their bodies because they're just committed to what they want to look like. My journey was a commitment of how I felt. And that was the difference. And it was crazy because even as my body was making these changes and I was taking the pictures and stuff, I didn't really realize the transformation that was happening. People were just like, oh my gosh, how'd you do it? I'm just like, 
I didn't see it because when you're going through it, sometimes when you're in it, you don't notice it, honestly. You're just like working, working because you don't necessarily have a goal in mind. The scale wasn't a driver for me. It was just, like I said, how do you feel? When I put on my clothes and there was more space in it, how did I feel in that? Versus when I step on the scale, because the scale for me and I tell my clients, that's not the best indicator. Because throughout the day, you can step on the scale four or five times, you'll get a different weight every time. Because it's based on what you're consuming, you know, gravity, all that other stuff. So I don't really thrive on that indicator. So for me, like I said, it's all about how I felt versus how I looked and, you know, the scale. I totally dig that. I dig that. All right. I got a couple quick questions for you. What's the greatest challenge you've overcome? Wow. The greatest challenge as it pertains to fitness? Whatever that means to you. The greatest challenge I have overcome. I'm going to be honest with you and totally transparent with this one. Um, I struggled tremendously um, when it came to my body and intimacy because of all the trauma that I had experienced throughout my life. Like, you know, love my husband and obviously love being intimate, but it, it was a struggle because mentally that trauma had embedded itself so deeply that it was like, at the most inconvenient times, you know, my, your mind plays tricks on you to, you know, that's the best way I can put it, right? And so through this fitness journey, I have been able to really tap into those feelings of guilt and shame and all the other things that came with, you know, when something's taken from you that you didn't, you didn't give. Um, and repeatedly, I was able to really get to a place where it shifted the way I viewed intimacy. And it really helped me to just let go and be myself with my husband in that our love was our love. And it wasn't tainted by all the things that I was, you know, I was ex exposed to as a child. And so for me, that was that, that has been the biggest thing. Because I didn't even think it was a factor. You don't consider that kind of stuff. It, you, you never think about that. Well, I personally didn't think about it. And then when I recognized that through that, you know, like I spoke about not feeling sexy, when I was able to like really truly love Tootie and love my body and appreciate it and respect it and give it gratitude, I was able to really come back from that dark place of the shame of all the things that had been taken from me. Mm, and reclaim them as your own. Exactly. Or reclaim your beauty with all that taint. Exactly. Oh, that's beautiful, Tootie. Thank you. That's beautiful. that's beautiful. What makes you laugh? A lot of things, actually. I, I, I love to laugh. I think um, seeing my children happy, seeing my husband happy, um, seeing them go after the things that, yeah, I, I shouldn't just say my children. I love seeing people happy. People genuinely just content with who they are and accepting of who they are and not trying to be anything but themselves and thriving in that. That makes me really, really happy. Awesome. What makes you cry? The fact that 
there's so much that I want to do for others. Um, wanting to help. Like I stopped watching the news or certain things because I'm an empath. Like I literally absorb that stuff. And, you know, with the, and that's why I stay on top of my fitness as well, because, you know, the world that we live in, you could really just stay in a state of sadness consistently because of all of the pain and, and grief and darkness. But with through fitness, I'm really able to stay in a a place of positivity and not that toxic positivity. No, like that tapping into the God within myself and 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 really just spending time with my creator and being in tune with him through my fitness, that that helps me to really shift through all the pain that I see in the world because it, it's a lot. I want to help everyone. I want to save all the kids. I, I, I want to help the women in Iran. I want to stop the stuff that's happening in the Ukraine. And it sounds so crazy and far-fetched, but that's literally how I feel. Like my heart breaks for these people. My heart breaks for this world. And so those are the things that make me sad. The the future that's seemingly being painted by our society. Um, but I'm hopeful because, you know, our children are just so amazing. And that's what brings me back from that place. But when I think about it, it definitely breaks my heart. Yeah. And is that also what can make you pray? Every day, every day, multiple times a day. I literally pray for everyone. It sounds crazy, but I just lump it all up because I'm like, God, I know you're busy. There's a lot of prayers going up, but I'm going to just listen. All these folks here, please, everyone, because it's just no one can have too much prayer. That's the one thing that we need in excess in this world and in this day and age. Mm-hmm. And it's the best gift and it's the cheapest. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. What has been a phrase, statement, or mantra that you live by? Hmm. Tell your body what you want it to do. <laughs> it's something that I, that came from my fitness journey. Um, a lot of times while I'm working out, I'm in my head. And so it's very important for me to connect that mind the body right and um so i tell my body what i want it to do and that statement is symbolic of i am in control my words have power and i'm able to use that power to manifest anything i want to whether it's in a workout and i want to complete a move or do something or i want to push myself I tell my body what I want to do, whether it is um, with my family or in my relationships, whatever it is, all I have to do is speak it and it will manifest itself. And so, yeah, that's what I live by. I love that. It's like the power of your words. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You speak it and your body listens and that's in everything. Can I tell you what's even (laughs) more funny about that? Yeah. When you reached out to me about us doing this, I think it was maybe two or three days prior to that. I was like, you know, I wonder if that's something she'd be open to. And then I saw your message and I was just like, yeah, there it goes again. Tell your body what you want it to do. Just speak it. (laughs) You think and you speak it. If you, you know, the energy behind it, it will manifest. Yeah. It's like faith, you know, but like you said, what I'm learning in my own journey of life is that my body, it doesn't have a judgment. My mind does. 
my body just does what I say. So if I say I'm I'm lonely, I'm sad, I'm depressed, I'm angry, my body goes, oh, okay, so we're lonely, we're sad, we're angry, we're depressed. But if I say... Every cell responds to exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. But if I say I'm happy, I'm excited, um, I'm going to have an overflow of income or whatever, then my mm-hmm. body goes, oh, we're happy, we're excited, we're going to have an overflow of income today. And that's what happens. <laughs> That's that's absolutely true. And the crazy part about it is that it all goes back to it's from within. Everything is from within. It's like you create what you want within yourself and then what you create within, you're going to see it on the outside. Mm-hmm. And that's really how it works. Mm-hmm. The power of our words. It is the power of our words. Coach Toots, how can people get to know more about you and find out about P916Fit? Well, they can definitely follow me on Instagram uh, at Toots Take or uh, P916Fit. And they can also find me on Facebook at Tootie and Pain, Coach Toots. How did you come up with the name P916Fit? Oh, you're going to make me get emotional now. Um, (laughs) So... Uh, the P, my last name is Payne, and my grandfather, uh, we called him Papa. And so back in 2018, and this was right at when I got serious about the fitness, um, he passed away due to complications um, related to diabetes. And so when we were at the hospital and they had, you know, removed him from the machines, he was in his final moments and my mom was giving him his final shave. And his final shave was at 916. Um, Because I was recording everything. I was just taking pictures and recording. And I realized that after that was at 916. Now my birthday is 916. And so from there, it just kind of like stuck. I Like after he passed away, I kept seeing the number, kept popping up on the clock, kept like addresses. It was just constantly repeating. And then I just, one day I was just like, P, you know, P, pain, 916 fit. Okay. And then, so the symbol that goes with it, I asked my daughter, I said, you know, I'd like you to create me a logo that is symbolic of something strong, you know, from Africa that, you know, it's, it really speaks to the foundation of this fitness, right? In this journey. And so she got that sign. I forgot the name of it, but it's like two rams and they, with, from the top, it looks like two rams hitting their heads. And the meaning of it is discover your strength. And so during that time period of what was going on with my grandfather and having to be there for my mom as he was passing away and everything, like I definitely discovered a strength that I never even considered that I would have. And so that's where the logo came from. It's a lengthy story, but it's, yeah, that's where it comes from. Mm, That's so beautiful. And it resonates and it makes it stick, you know? Thank you. Absolutely. It makes it stick in my mind. One more question. Sure. If there was one thing you'd want people to take away from meeting you, what would it be? I, the one thing I'd like for people to take away from me is I'd like them to be inspired by every interaction. Um, This journey has allowed me to recognize that that is my God-given gift to inspire people. Um, not just through this fitness journey, but when I look back throughout my life, I've always been that voice that was 
speaking to people and letting them know that they were capable of doing things from the time I was a child. It didn't matter what was going on in my life. I was always speaking life into other people. And so, you know, you think it's just something you do and then you realize how powerful it is and how it has the ability to change lives. So for every interaction that I have with people, uh, my hope is always that they are inspired, that they can be better and be more and they are better and they are more. Be better, be more. Mm. Coach Toots, you are better and you are more. Thank you, beautiful, and so are you. Thank you. And I'm going to give you this. I've given it to you once. I'm excited to give it to you again. (laughs) Thank you, beautiful. I receive and I send them back. (laughs) Hey, good times. Thanks for sure. Thank you so much for this. It's always great getting together with you. Same here. I mean, you and I, we can talk for hours. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And it's all about the better. You all, I mean, if you didn't listen to to Tootie's first episode, please go back and do. It's titled, From an Imperfect Perfections POV with Tootie. It's the 11th one, I believe. This one in particular, so much growth, so much life, so much living. What I want you to take away from this is exactly what Coach Dude said. Be inspired and invest in yourself. You can invest in your living or you can invest in your death. You choose. I love you. Thank you for joining us. Till next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of POV with Kristen Gilmore. See you next time. Bye.